Hey, hey harlots. harlots. I'm Jen. I'm Liz. And we're Harmless Harlots. Relationship geeks. Fickle sluts. We love exploring how to have more authentic relationships. Whether it's with yourself, someone else, multiple others, or even the earth. We are enthusiasts, not experts. So if you'd like to explore along with us, we give you our enthusiastic consent to come along. I, I saw your Instagram story. So <laughs> I literally, uh, I was having such a good, lovely weekend and I was biking home from a friend's birthday party and it was broad daylight. The bike ride home is like a couple of blocks. Cause I just, I parked my car in a parking garage. It's a few blocks from my apartment and I'm biking home. I'm wearing, so I was wearing what I'm wearing right now. And I had a cardigan on top of it. So it was nothing revealing. It was literally like a cardigan sweater and a pair of jeans. And I'm just biking home, minding my own business. And this car filled with four men, um, pulls up alongside me as I'm biking and their windows rolled down and one of them yells, Hey, turn around. I want to see your face. And I just kept looking straight forward. And I was like, I'm just not going to engage in this. It's fine. Um, and I just keep biking and the light turns red and I get stuck at a stoplight and they're right next to me. And they keep just yelling, like, turn around. We want to see your face, like all these things. And I'm just like, Oh my God, just ignore them. Just ignore them. And one of them yells, oh, maybe she's listening to music and can't hear us, which is ridiculous because, like, I had my hair up and, like, obviously did not have headphones in. Like, I was clearly ignoring them. But one of them's like, maybe she's listening to music and she can't hear us. So another guy throws something at me. I couldn't see what it was, but I, like, felt the wind, like, ru- like they threw something. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> and thankfully, the light changed right as they did that. And I just, like, biked off. But I was like, oh, my God. Like, the sheer audacity to be, like... Just gonna throw something at this poor innocent girl who's just trying to get home. Ugh. I have had some shitty street harassment in my day, but I have never had somebody just like blatantly throw something at me in broad daylight. And like, for what? You want to see my face? Why? Why do you need to see my face? Is there a reason? I don't think so. You don't. I don't owe you my face. Like, yeah. Anyway, so I posted that on my Instagram story, um, just like venting. And within the first half hour of posting it, I had like five different women. Now I think we're up to, let me, let me check my DMs. What are we up to now? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 women have sent me stories that are even worse than what I experienced of street harassment. Um, so the world's a great place to be. I love it. I love, love everything. Life is cool. It's just, yeah, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's simultaneously <laughs> just infuriating and so depressing. I know. And it's like, I want to like kill everyone. And I also just want to die. <laughs> uh, I know. I was also, a, a lot of the girls I was talking to, we were talking about our frustration with just like men in general. And like, I've had this conversation with a couple of men too, because like men individually can be decent people, but men just well, as it's a the group, social construct of yes, men. It's yes. the social construct of when we men. Say men. We mean the social construct of yes. men. We do not mean individuals with penises. We do not mean right. individuals who were assigned oh, male at birth. Men. Yeah, we yeah, mean yeah. people who associate with the social construct of men. 
That yeah. Is, like it just, just the way we have socialized men to believe that they are entitled to just interrupt our general lives with their, whatever desires they may have. Like mm-hmm. if they want to see our faces, we are obligated mm-hmm. to turn and show them our faces or mm-hmm. they will throw things at us until we mm-hmm. do like the sheer audacity. Uh, I just want to bike home, sir. That's all I want. I'm just trying to get home. Leave me alone. Also, like, I was clearly ignoring them. Like, I didn't have headphones in. Like, I clearly... Are you you on that side of TikTok where it's doing the eye glance? Yes. Yes. (laughs) The difference between this look and this look. Yeah. The difference between I'm flirting with you and and versus... I am scared away from you. No, I have found in my day, the best strategy is typically to ignore them because like it, it will piss them off some of the time, but typically it'll piss them off less than if you do the wrong thing. So my general safety strategy has always just been just don't engage. And that doesn't always work, but like nothing, nothing always works. Nothing always works. Sometimes you just get murdered and there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes you do everything right and you still get murdered. R.I.P. Gabby Petito. Oh, my God. My boss uh, called me on. Did I tell you the story already? I don't, I don't know if I did. Or maybe my boss called me this last week and he was like, oh, my God, I've been following Gabby Petito in the news. And she reminds me of you so much because you're always traveling and posting pictures of traveling with various men. What are you doing this weekend? And it was a weekend before I went camping with one of my current people that I'm dating. And uh, I was like, I'm going camping with a guy. But it was also in a group with friends. So I was like, it's not quite the same. But it was ironic that my boss was like, oh, you remind me of Gabby Petito. And I'm worried about you. What are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm traveling with a guy. Sorry. I, I've realized that I am on two and a half to three different TikToks. One side is puppies and babies, and one <laughs> nice. side I want to uh, be yeah. on that side. <laughs> no, that's the only. Well, the thing is, is that yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's cute. It's wholesome. <laughs> um, and then the second and a half TikTok I'm on is one is just like very you know just queer content. Yeah, but that is that could be considered a subsection of what is just generally liberal TikTok mm-hmm. and that side of TikTok is just very depressing because it's literally just like, it's literally just like, like if you pop your head outside of your queer bubble, it's like, what the fuck is going on? What is what the happening? Fuck is going on here? Oh my Lord. Are the straights okay? Are they all right? Oh my goodness. Just the, the toxic monogamy is, is, oh man. Well, it's just, it's just like, it's just like, it's like that, but it's like Trump. It's like wealth inequality. It's like climate change. It's just like all the shit going down and just like every other TikTok. Like it's like cute puppy and baby. And then it's like, the world is ending. Ha ha ha. And then it's like cute puppy. And then it's like, yeah, women have no rights. Ha ha ha. Um, so that's, that's, so I don't know. I, I, I'm considering deleting TikTok again because it's just, <laughs> it's too depressing. The world I is too depressing. You got to do it in small doses. If, I mean, too much of anything is too much. Yeah, I have to, I do phases where I'll take breaks from social media. And my favorite thing is when people announce on social media that they're taking a break from social media. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, you can just do that. Like, 
you can just do it. No one's going to be like, oh, where'd they go? Like, you can just you can just take a break. It's cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I will periodically just take breaks from social media because sometimes it does just fuck with your head too much. Um, sometimes you have to stop engaging with the world for a little bit because the world is too depressing. I, I don't and I don't know how this happens. So like part of the liberal TikTok is like liberal people stitching or like green screening, like. I don't know what the opposite of, I mean, conservative, a modernormative, those people, um, like stitching with them. And it's like, I don't understand how you see these videos because I get no conservative videos on my feed. So I don't know how they find them. If they just go searching for them or if it's like the very small chance of just like, oh, like, you know, there's a spectrum right, of like super conservative to like, you know, liberal. And so I imagine like a conservative video like find somebody who's not alt, you know, conservative. And then they like, you know, do a stitch to be like, this is wrong. And then that slowly passes down to the liberal side. It just gets filtered down. Have you seen couch guy TikTok? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. The most ridiculous. Why is this all anyone is talking about is couch guy? And I feel like, obviously, it's like a video. So like, if for those who haven't seen it, it's essentially a video of this girl came to visit, surprise visit, which again, surprises are bad. Um, (laughs) But she came to surprise visit her long distance boyfriend, and somebody's filming their like meeting. And when the girl walks into like the dorm, the guy is sitting on a couch with a bunch of other girls and people have like zoomed in and analyzed the video. And they're like, Oh, the, one of the girl's hands was around her, his waist. And like, she was holding his phone and he sneakily snuck it back from her. So the internet broke over this for some reason. And I just feel bad because it's like, I know when you post something on the internet, it's like you are putting yourself at the risk of this happening. But like, it's gotta suck when it does. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine the poor girl who like just yeah. wanted to surprise her boyfriend and post a nice video, and now everyone's like, "Your boyfriend's definitely cheating on you." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh God, this poor girl." Yeah, one of the I was on like toxic mom TikTok for a while, which included like mothers. Like, I mean, it's it, it, I mean, it was all like commentary on toxic moms. But like it was a stitch with a video of like a woman who was like, you know, making fun of the fact that she was about to like spank her daughter with a spoon. And the guy was like, I'm going to like report you to Child Protective Services. Um, And also like people like bragging about having fake vaccination IDs and people being like, I'm going to report you to the FBI. Um, So fun (laughs) stuff like that. Um, But one I saw was like this woman and I I forget what the audio was, but the concept was that she was like, Oh, like to whoever, whoever my future daughter-in-law is, just know that I'll always come first for him. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, no. so, yeah, um, oh. yeah. Um, so I wondered, so that got me thinking, I was like, that's gross, but I wonder if that is like, so, you know, how we have like daddy issues, which are like women who suffered poor parenting from their paternal figures. Um, and form poor relationship attachments or no because parenting of that. from their or no parenting. figures. Um, and so I wonder if like those people who get labeled as having daddy issues, if you know, like if that transfers into mommy issues and is, and is that, that they are 
overly attached mothers to their sons because they just overly attached to whatever male figures in their life. So that was interesting, disturbing. Uh, but yeah, a thought I had. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what causes it. But oof-da. Oof-da. Also, just like the audacity for any person ever to be like, I will always be their number one. It's like, that's not your choice. Like, they, they get to decide how they distribute their time. Like, I don't care who they are to you. Like, you don't get to say, like, I will always be their number one. Like, mm, toxic. Yeah, I saw something. I forget. I think it was on, like, it was probably a TikTok because that is all our lives are now. Um, but something about somebody mentioning being single. And for some reason, just when I saw it in that instance, I was like, that's a weird way to phrase it. Were you plural before? Were you multiple? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. A weird yeah. phrasing to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about like the concept of being single versus like solo polyamory. And like, it, it is a weird thing. You know, like distinguishing yourself from like, I am my own autonomous individual person to be like, no, I have another, at least one other person in my life who I like rely enough upon that I do not consider myself an autonomous independent being. But like, I don't know, it is it is a weird distinction. And I do think I do think that's part of why I never really liked using girlfriend boyfriend labels in high school and college and like being in monogamous committed relationships because I always wanted to keep like my autonomy and my independence and I didn't want people to think of me as partnered I wanted them to think of me as just me and I don't like how much being in a relationship defines you to other people like even when I was in a monogamous relationship like we never put it on Facebook or anything because I was like I don't want this to be you know what people think of when they think of us like I want people to think of us as separate independent autonomous individuals because that's what we are yeah I am um... I watched a video today that was like, it was talking about finance because I'm trying to learn about finance because I have to be an adult now. Um, which is like something that you should be taught just like as a life skill in school. Anyway, that's a whole nother thing I could rant about anyway. Um, but it was like, if you're, they, they phrased it like if you're in a relationship or a partnership and I was like, that's interesting because those two are like the same thing in my mind, unless for some reason, like a partnership is different. But I think what I'm going to from now on, like very intentionally try to like, not use the term, like, not say like, I'm in a relationship, because yeah, you're in a relationship with every single person, you know, so like to distinguish what most people call relationships, I'm going to try to only call partnerships, versus like, you know, I don't know, I, 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 don't, I don't even know because like then there can be platonic but then again it's like what does it matter because it's nobody else's business there honestly, doesn't need to be a label honestly. like there doesn't need to be a label nobody mm -hmm. else needs to know mm -hmm. anyway. yeah yeah it's not really anybody's business like I am a person it doesn't really affect your life how well for for people who are monogamous I suppose the distinguishing but that, that, that I can't words. The distinction matters because it, it tells them whether or not you are available to be partnered with them if they are interested in you. But I don't know. Yeah. Most of the time, it's none of your fucking business whether I am in a romantic situation with anybody in my life. And if I want you to know, I'll tell you. 
And like, if you're curious, you can ask. <laughs> I had another thought that was, I was wondering why, like, I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but I was wondering why, like, there are, like, you hear a lot about, you know, like, romantic breakups. Uh-huh. But like, and maybe just because it's less news, but like, you, you don't really hear about, as often, friendship breakups like there can be like they do happen but i feel like for platonic friendships it's just much more like common to be like yeah we're friends and we like are friends as long as we want to and is convenient and possible for us and then when we're not friends and then when it's like not the circumstances have changed, then we just like flow out of being as close and it's much Uh more fluid. Whereas Uh in like, for some goddamn reason, relationships that have either physical intimacy or quote unquote romantic, whatever the fuck that means feelings, (laughs) um, then it's like, it's like you're either together or not. And it's much more binary. And I was Uh trying to think like, I know that's just the, like, I know that's just how a society is at the moment, but it's like, it just shouldn't be, you know? It yeah, just well, and I, it's a big pet peeve of mine when people are very insistent that they cannot be friends with their exes. Like, if there is somebody, not even just exes, but like, if there's somebody who you have had romantic attraction or sexual attraction to at any point, and they do not reciprocate that, then like, you don't talk to them anymore. They're not worth your time, yeah, da, da, da. And it's like, that's so shitty that like, just because you've had an attraction to someone that they haven't reciprocated or maybe they have reciprocated, but they don't anymore that like you don't want to be involved in their life in any way. Like it's so devaluing. Like I've had so many men in my life who have been interested in me, who I am like, I'm not interested in you in that way. And then they're like, well, then I want nothing to do with you. And I'm like, cool. So you only valued me for my potential sexual and romantic partnership for you. And I'm not worth like friendship or anything else. Like that's super shitty. That makes me feel very like almost objectified. Like, yeah and this is not to say that there aren't partners who you should cut out of your life if they are abusive and toxic Mm -hmm. oh for sure throw them away that's fine definitely definitely. Um, but yeah no i mean what you're touching on is like yeah like i'm just so curious why breakups like barring like when 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 a friendship breaks up it's like one person significantly like did something significant that hurt the other and the other one like and it was or it was just mutual like we should not like interact anymore and it's Mm -hmm. like (sighs) i'm just trying to i don't even know what i'm trying to articulate but it's just like why do we think that i guess i'm just like i in my mind i'm like ideally there should be no difference but i guess i'm just trying to think of if there really is any reason that it should be different and you mean between breaking up with a friend and a romantic partner yeah like why do we have such big and dramatic breakups with i don't know partners and i mean not with i've had i i would say in my experience i've had breakups with friends that were far more dramatic than breakups with romantic partners so i mean you're right that i think society in general it it is more uh oh what's the word like if you're going through a breakup people will see that as more 
you know, valid than if you're going through a friendship breakup. Um, but yeah, I've had, I think the, the more emotionally devastating experiences for me have been the friendship breakups over the romantic partnership breakups personally. I don't know. I'm struggling with this and I don't even know if I'm, if I'm saying something, but like, I've just been trying to think about like why these partnerships tend to break up. I don't know if it's even more often or just more dramatically or more significantly, or if it's just that like there are breakups, whereas like with friends, it's much more fluid. And I've just been trying to think about it. And I, an idea I had is that I think in society, in our modern normative society, that because there are these ideas of norms of what romantic relationships should be and that they are very like their own type and like every single romantic type has to have a label or it's like mm-hmm. you can have a friend and then like there's acquaintance but like you really like who uses that term like maybe someone you fractionally know but it's like it's like yeah this is my friend you don't be like this is my friend who I play basketball with and I see them every other Tuesday Whereas like if you have anybody who you have any sort of romantic or sexual like relationship with, you're like, this is my friend with benefits or this is the guy I'm dating or this is the person who I, you know, love. It's like, why do we need that distinction? Yeah. And it's like, well, I think society puts romantic relationships on a pedestal as like romantic relationships should be more important than platonic ones and they should be sought out more often and like it's important to always have a romantic relationship and like it it just doesn't value platonic friendships as as highly as romantic relationships. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like what I guess, I don't know, the thought I had was that I think because there are these norms and these, you know, this pedestal as you mentioned, like I feel like in those relationships what causes this tension that I think leads to the more dramatic and frequent breakups as opposed to platonic relationships is I think there is like this expectation of mind reading like with a friend I feel like it's like I mean yeah you obviously I don't know okay this is a theory I don't know if it's if it's based on anything but it's like I feel like with romantic relationships it's like, oh, I love this person. Therefore, they're going to be automatically perfect for me and they're going to do everything I want and they're going to fulfill my every need. Whereas like, you don't have the concept of like, or it's not as popular. Like there, there's the term, you know, soul friend, which can mean something different, but like, it's not as a popular thing in society, which maybe this is just a monogamy thing, but it's just uh-huh. like, there's not your one friend and this is uh-huh. your friend and your uh-huh. perfect person. Uh-huh. So it's like, I feel like in a modern normative romantic relationships it's like there's just such yeah this pressure Ooh. to like be this perfect person and when you're and when you're not then it's like yeah. everything just blows to yeah. shit yeah you know you know how i want to phrase that is that in platonic relationships polyamory is very valid nobody expects you to have just one friend like you can have multiple friends and be like this friend i play basketball with this friend i go on walks with this friend i travel with this friend i watch movies with polyamory in platonic relationships is totally valid but polyamory in romantic relationships is not seen as valid and like in romantic relationships you have to have just one one person that fulfills all of your romantic needs 
which is interesting. Society is dumb. Yes, society is very dumb. When it comes to platonic relationships, you're allowed to have as many platonic relationships as you want. But romantic relationships, you get one. Limit one, which is stupid capitalism. Ooh, that's also, I was reading a thing about how the nuclear family is like the easiest family structure to exploit under capitalism because it's so isolated, right? Like when you force it to just be, you know, taking the heteronormative, you know, nuclear family, one man, one woman, and a bunch of kids, like that's a really hard structure to support. Like when you have two parents and like only the man is supposed to work and stuff in like a really, really traditional setting, you have one income to support, you know, a bunch of kids, like that's really easy to exploit under capitalism because like you're not going to make enough money to be able to do stuff with that. Uh, yeah. Monogamy is a power structure. IMO. I I read one day this past week, I got, as I was again learning about finances, they were talking about long-term savings and I was like, how long do I really like is the earth going to die in 10 years? Is society going to crumble? And so I did some Googling and like, you know, it's all theories, but like, I think the like worst prediction that's like plausible that they think at the moment is like, if we don't do anything, then like, I forget how much temperature will rise, but they think that living conditions, um, and I don't know if this is globally or like just in the U S but they're like living conditions, by the year 2100 will be like they were in 1900 due to like scarcity and shortages and like weather conditions. Um, And so that doesn't sound great, but maybe that means that 2020 was that like the year 2000 was like the peak of the cycle. And then in like 10,000 years, we will slowly return to our hunter-gatherer societies and everything will be Well, fixed. yeah, there's actually been theories because archaeologists have studied, you know, like past civilizations and stuff. And there are theories that there actually was a point where humanity in the past was so technologically advanced. Uh, oh God, what's the word? Uh, was as technologically advanced? Yeah, like basically there were there was a society that was as technologically advanced as we are, if not more so, and it just like collapsed in on itself, um, and like things kind of started over. So there there are theories that we've been where we are now before, um, and we just fucked ourselves because greed and power and wealth and stuff and agriculture. And yeah, so. <laughs> So it is possible it's all just a cycle and we keep getting to the same point and we don't learn from our past. Um, but maybe this time we will. I don't know. Or maybe somebody will escape to space. <laughs> Life is strange. Life is a strange. Sentience is odd. <laughs> you know what? Hmm. There's never, for friendships, for platonic friendships, there's never any pressure of commitment Uh you don't go to a friend and be like do you promise to be my friend for the rest of my life yep 
But then polyamory is the practice of engaging in multiple romantic relationships with the consent of all the people involved. So they're not mutually exclusive. Right. Because polyamory is just like in opposition to monogamy or in contrast to like monogamy. It's like on the same spectrum of monogamy. Like how many people Mm -hmm. do you engage with sexually slash romantically? Yeah. And relationship anarchy is just like what we were talking about, which is like this like pressure for like a relationship to be something that society says it should be. Whereas it's like specifically in the, in the romantic realm, but like also in friendships. Cause like it can't be a friendship if there's any romantic or sexual thing. So it's just like, yeah, fuck all of that. Yeah. Fuck all that labels and uh-huh. shit. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. And I, I think I really primarily identify as a relationship anarchist more than polyamorous. And I also like the way you framed it last week when we were talking about people who are monogamous, where like some people can just be polysaturated at one person. Like, they're just that's all they need and that it's still kind of polyamory you're just polysaturated to one person like I I like that framing because I've been thinking about my one quote-unquote monogamous relationship and it really still was fairly relationship anarchist where we we didn't do a lot of the traditional things that like boyfriends and girlfriends do and like it was just kind of like we created our own like script together and so I do kind of think even in that context I think maybe for that period of time I was just polysaturated at one person for romantic relationships like <laughs> um this might have been a tiktok but i heard like the uh, this is also total 360 it just popped into my mind unrelated for you um but somebody being like uh like oh why don't you try dating women and then being like Oh, like women are so dramatic, which is like a have misogynist. you met men? Have you met men? <laughs> the reflection of like how you met men? Have you met men? <laughs> <laughs> they are the most dramatic. Oh my lord, men! Oh, I think I, I think I sent you the TikTok that was like um, it was a guy talking about another guy. And the guy was like super homophobic because he was like, oh, yeah, you know, gays, bad, dumb, but then, you know, also really misogynist. And the guy was like, and this guy was so misogynist that he was repulsed by women's personalities. Yet because he was like homophobic, he was like really attracted to women's bodies. But he, he was like the guy said at one point. So trans women. <laughs> the guy said at one point like yeah why can't i just find a good Trans- strong american patriotic you know woman you know why i can't because that's a man and the guy was like are you so <laughs> misogynistic that you gay <laughs> uh, funny Funny. Yeah, literally. I think I really do think a lot of where misogyny comes from is that a lot of men are repressed and like have at least maybe not fully gay. But I do think, again, sexuality, I think, is a spectrum. And I think not many people are really on the polls. And so I do think a lot of people are attracted to at least some members of the same sex. And I do think a lot of misogyny is derived from men being so terrified of their attraction to other men that they just do fucking crazy weird shit. And it's like, just just kiss your best friend. It's fine. It's really okay. It will be okay. You mentioning trans women made me think of something which I've debated talking about, but am 
I'm not sure if it is phobic. So I'm doing some Googling. Um, I also think I said that wrong when you when you were saying because what did the guy say? He really liked women's bodies, but men's. No. OK, was that? Wait, no, I don't know. He, he, he likes women's bodies, men's personalities. So, yeah. So a trans man is what because if he wants it to be a man on the inside, but the so a, a trans man who has chosen not to get uh, like top surgery, top surgery or bottom surgery as well. Yeah, is is what his ideal is. Okay, let me just, okay, so here's the pretext. So I go through different phases of the porn and erotica I like to consume. Uh But something that has been fairly recurrent lately and recurrent for a long time is, I don't know if you've heard of um, Futanari. Do you know what that is? Okay, hold on, Let let me look up the technical definition first. Um... So, futanari, meaning hermaphrodite in Japanese, futanari especially refers to pornography char- pornographic characters in erotic man- manga. I never, is it manga? Manga? Anyway, Some people anime. say manga, but I, I, manga, I don't know. Or anime known as hentai. Futanari is sometimes shortened to futa and hentai, and hentai that contains futanari characters could be called futa hentai. So, that's not very specific. Let me... Google Images might be interesting for a second, but so if I go to Images, yeah, okay. So I don't even remember how I found this, but essentially the concept of futanari or futa is like, and it's 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 almost always, as they mentioned, like cartoon or animated. So it's like a very stereotypical, like female body, female presenting body, except that they have a penis and testicles. Uh-huh. Um, and so... So yeah, so that's what is considered like a futanari. Um, and so then like porn involving that can be either with, you know, like futa with, you know, female, women, men, or, you know, other futa or other, I don't know if there's like a male, but with a vagina that I don't know if that's also a character. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have like a, a character that like most of their body presents as male, but then they have female genitalia, I imagine that yeah. would, that's a thing. Um, but I really enjoy that kind of porn and I've been and I've and like I don't know it's so I've so like that's just something I do and so I've like like I just am and so I've been trying to analyze um like why I am but I'm also concerned that it is transphobic somehow um so that is what I just googled and I found a reddit post um so let me read through this real quick um it says uh, disclaimer, I'm trying to be sensitive as I can with this post, but I'll probably say something wrong. So I think this person and I are on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes I read Futa Dojinshi. I'm assuming that's just porn. <laughs> um, people have suggested that Futanari is transphobic. So I looked into it and found that that is a common belief. This honestly took me by surprise. I honestly don't connect Futanari hentai to actual trans people, which is fair because it's fairly fantasized. Um, it's something completely different in my view. I, if I see a trans woman, I don't have Futanari fantasies about them. I know this isn't reality. I understand that Futanari is fiction. Futanari. Well, that's, that's the important thing here too, is we've talked about this before, but like there is a big difference between fantasy and reality and like your porn yeah. tastes do not necessarily define your actual sexual preferences or how you view people in the real world in general. But yeah. anyway, continue. 
Yeah, this one says, so Futa doesn't have any sort of indication of surgery. That's just like how they naturally are. Uh It's a cis woman who happens to have a penis. Right. Um, My interest in Futanari has never caused me to pursue a trans woman specifically for sex. I'm honestly pretty asexual and I don't even pursue cis women. So actually, this is really interesting. I have also watched porn with, I didn't know that's what it was called. And is, is the porn you're referring to animated or like real yeah. person? Yeah, okay. no. So I actually watch porn like that, but it's not animated, um, where it is people who present, I guess I shouldn't say woman, but people who present as very feminine, but then they have a penis. And I am very into that erotica, but the reason, I know the reason I am, and it's because I wish I had a penis. And this is the thing I've talked about in therapy a fair amount. Um, like I very much wish I had a penis. Like I, if I could snap my fingers and do it, I would, I don't want to go through all the hassle of having the surgeries to actually do it. But like, I have thought in depth about my sexuality and talked about it in therapy. And I do very much wish I had a penis. So I, I understand why I like that porn because I can fantasize about myself, like as a feminine presenting person, also having a penis, like it's enjoyable for me to watch because I wish it was me. Um, yeah, no, I guess I have. Um, yeah, I guess I have. Like, I think the majority of my consumption is animated. Um, but I, I have a couple of times watched, you know, with real people, you know, female presenting, but with um, a penis. Um, and I think some of, uh, you know, Futa with Futa, Futa with female, Futa with male. One of my favorite pairings is Futa with male. And I I've, I've, I've tried to analyze why I think this porn is like attractive to me. And I, I don't know. One of my theories is that it's just like very gender bent. Like it's, it's like cis, but like the opposite almost. Um, And another is that just like, I don't know. I think I just like the concept of like women, female presenting people being able to like be like kind of dominant, but like uh-huh. the taker almost and like in control and more powerful, which is not to say that like penis equal. I mean, it kind of penis does kind of equal power in society. <laughs> society I mean, yeah. to, so like maybe symbolically. So like, uh-huh. I don't know, but it's like, and again, kind of as this as this Reddit post said, like, I don't think like it's very separate in my mind. But then again, like I've seen real life. So I don't know. But like I don't think it caused and maybe it does. Again, what I'm saying is maybe <laughs> this is transphobic. I don't know. I hope it's not. Maybe it is. It very well could be. If it is, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. I was watching a TikTok the other day that was talking about how, like, I can always tell when somebody has been on Twitter too much because they say completely normal things with way too many disclaimers (laughs) because everybody finds something. And it is true. Like, it's important to be politically correct. And, like, you should be careful with what you say because it is easy to offend people. But sometimes people are a little ridiculous. Like, some of the examples they gave is, like, Somebody was saying like, oh, like I'm a really fast walker and I get really annoyed when I get behind people who are walking slow. And they're like, that's really ableist of you. And it's like, well, of course, I don't mean disabled people. Like I'm literally just saying I prefer to walk more quickly. Like I am obviously not saying I don't like disabled people. Like it is. (sighs) It's important to be politically correct and like keep with the times and pay attention to like words we use and like not 
offend people, but sometimes it's 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 hard. Like you can't. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I do think sometimes people take it too far and get offended by things where it's like obviously I am not trying to be ableist or transphobic or you know offensive in any way. It's like I just, I can't think of every single person in every group every single time I say a thing. Yeah, which is not that like we shouldn't keep trying, okay. but it's yeah, that no, you absolutely. should you should correct, but it's that like you know. Just because somebody makes a mistake, if they admit it and they're willing to change, yes. then I think if they're honestly trying, yeah. we should give them that chance. Which, That's as somebody who comes from, you know, a place of relative privilege, uh-huh. maybe I'm wrong with that, but like, I don't know. In so in the I lead a group at work um, that's that's a queer group and we have been working on like setting rules for creating safe spaces for places of discussion and one of the rules that we have that I really like is we assume good intentions so if somebody says something and they're totally wrong we will correct them but we will assume they didn't mean mm-hmm. to be wrong so we correct them and then we move on and it's it's not like because there was one person who said the phrase colored people and we said actually we don't say colored people anymore we say people of color because that puts the person in but we didn't like yell at them we didn't say how dare you say like that's an outdated term you should have known even though like with that one i was like where have you been living like (laughs) people for quite a while like that's that's a very outdated term but still because we were setting a safe space and good intentions we just it was a teachable moment and we said hey we don't do that anymore and they corrected themselves and we moved on and it wasn't a big deal they didn't mean to be offensive they weren't trying to be racist like it's hard to keep up with all the lingo like yeah but i mean i get it as like somebody who probably is very unprivileged in society like it's i can like it's just exhausting like for polyamory like i get exhausted trying to you know like just advocate for poly rights and so it's like i can i get it when like people get upset when people say insensitive things but like and like maybe that's and like we do live in a shitty society. So maybe we just have to yell at a couple of people yeah. until things start to really change. So I get it. Well, and, um, and getting upset is also valid. And I do think I mean, if you want to cut people out who mess up one time, it, you're you're well within your rights to do that. You know, like if you if you are if you decide that even if somebody had good intentions, but they fuck up, that's not going to work for you. That's cool. You're well within your rights to cut that person out like you, you are. You absolutely can do that. But you can't do that in a safe space, which is why, like, in work, when we create these safe spaces of where we want people to feel like they can be open and authentic and, you know, accepted and appreciated and learn and grow, you can't do that. But if in your personal life, that's what you want to do, you absolutely can. You're well within your rights to just be like, nope, one strike, you're out. Like, you, you can do that if you want. But yeah. it, it is not going to foster a safe space of inclusion for people to learn and grow and mature. Yeah. Um, my brief Googling, I have concluded that FUTA is only a transphobic if you use it to refer to like real trans people who I mm. guess have not explicitly given you the perm- permission to use that term with them. Right. Um, so, well, that's the thing with, I think any word is like, it really depends on the person. Cause like, well, yeah, some- no, I was just saying that like, does me enjoying futa porn make me transphobic and i don't think so <laughs> I, especially because i think you as a person um i think the main thing that you are attracted to is really authenticity and i think that's why queer culture has really appealed to you is because you queer people aren't faking it you know like we're not do like we're, we're uh, no person in their right mind would would choose well, I don't know how I want to say this. Queer people, <laughs> I don't, is, I'm trying to words. Queer people are 
generally very authentic. Not all of us, but most of us. Um, because the people who are queer, who identify as queer, are not doing it because of societal pressure. Yes. They're doing it because of internal motivation. Correct. Correct. What you're trying yeah. To say. yeah. It's not. <laughs> I mean, queer by definition just means like non-normative and like weird and kind of out there. Like that's what the word queer means. And so people who are queer have very much chosen and really, really thought through who they are and how they want to present themselves. And I think that's what you're most into um, yeah, more than it's anything. Weird because like, I don't know that I would call Fuda queer because like it is very normative cis women bodies that simply have penises so like i don't know if it's the most radical thing in the world i just i don't know something about it i really like probably just because of women well, in sexual and power especially yeah especially because society does designate a lot of power to people with penises um i, I think it, i think it's queer like and I, I absolutely do think it is kind of a way to like give women more power in in sexual fantasies because because society has decided that penis equals power um, and you know that 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 has been kind of ingrained in the way we've been socialized. So I, I do I can def I don't think it's transphobic is what I'm trying to say. I, I think it is <laughs> just like a, a kind of way to fantasize about women having more power in the bedroom, which is okay. I'll tell yeah. myself that until someone corrects me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and technically, as we've discussed, you are trans. So not that, <laughs> not that you can't be transphobic and trans, because you, you can be, you know, gay and homophobic. Like, those are not mutually exclusive. You can be both, but not usually. <laughs> it's so interesting that transgender and transsexual are two different concepts, but we'll just call one person trans for whatever they are. Or is transsexual, do people use, when people say trans, do they mean transgender or transsexual? That's a good question. Um, What's the difference I, between being transgender and trans? Healthline. <laughs> <laughs> what, did we, what did people do? Literally, they just didn't know shit before the internet. And then we this thought it would fix everything when people knew everything, and it didn't because misinformation. Well, it did but, for Gen Z. Yeah. For people who, like, were born into the internet, but people who, like, had the internet thrust upon them, it just broke them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so the word transgender is an umbrella term that describes those who have a gender that is different from the sex. But see, oh, it's so weird because gender and sex are different things. Assigned uh -huh. at birth, male, female, or intersex. Transsexual uh -huh. is more specific term that fits under the transgender umbrella. This word can be contentious and shouldn't be used unless someone specifically asks to be referred to this way. Interesting. Uh -huh. So what does transsexual refer to? Transylvania. What did you say? So what does transsexual refer to specifically under the trans umbrella? Uh, what exactly? Historically and medically, the term transsexual is used to indicate a difference between one's gender identity, their internal experience of gender, and sex assigned at birth, male, female, or intersex. More specifically, the term is often, though not always, used to communicate that one's experience of gender involves medical changes, such as hormones or surgery, that help alter their anatomy, appearance, or more to more closely align with their gender identity. So... That sounds like the same thing as transgender, because it just means that your gender identity doesn't match what you were assigned at birth, and maybe you use hormones, maybe you don't. Yeah, but I, I think what they're saying is that, like, historically, it was usually to specify if someone had surgery 
because oh, sex was like okay. a physical outer thing. Sure. Okay. I see. I see. So similar to the word transgender, the meaning of word transsexual can vary from person to person, culture to culture, and across yeah. history. So I think people usually mean transgender. Okay. Yeah. Mystery solved. There we go. <laughs> Heard it here. Language is an evolving social construct. Pennsylvania. What year did that come out? Is that not radical that that movie came out before 2020? Okay, I was just talking to somebody about 80s movies and how fucking weird they are. Because, like, a lot of people are like, oh, these young people are so weird and, like, so radical. And I'm like, have you seen 80s movies? You guys were fucked up. Like, 16 Candles was goddamn weird. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> and then, what are some of the other, like, classics? Like, oh, Heather's. Heather's is weird as fuck. Like a lot of like murder and weird shit in that. Like what? Like eighties movies are wild. Like they're they're really like oh my. Like they think our generation is fucked up. And I'm like, have you guys seen your own movies that you grew up on? Because this was a lot. Like, well, I told you we've talked about this before. But 1983, the movie Yentl is essentially about a trans man who like is pretty much in a polyamorous relationship. And it's like, that's the plot of the movie. And it was released in 1983. And it's mm-hmm. like, how did this survive? I don't know. What yeah, happened this... in the 80s? We don't know. Nobody fucking knows. <laughs> the 80s were a wild time. There was actually, I just watched SNL um, earlier today and they were doing a bit on uh, Pete Davidson had gone to the, oh God, what is it? What just happened? The Met, Met Gala? Gala. Yeah, the Met Gala. Um, and he was talking about how one of his uncles, uh, so Pete Davidson wore a dress to the Met Gala for those who aren't familiar and Pete identifies as a man. Um, and Pete was talking about one of his uncles was like, oh, people are going to think you're gay. And then he showed a photo of his uncle who had said that in the 80s with his long curly hair and like short <laughs> shorts. And he was like, this man, this man right here was afraid that people were going to think I was gay. Well, yeah, <laughs> when Harry... <laughs> When when Harry Styles did his big photo shoot in a dress, everyone was like, oh, this broke the internet. This is so revolutionary. And then all the people who were like dissing Harry Styles were like, all the people who, all the old men who are hating on Harry Styles like all these 80s rock bands who yes. also Queen. dresses. <laughs> Literally. Like, just showed a bunch of pictures of like rock icons wearing dresses and it's like this is not new we're this just is, apparently living the 80s again <laughs> this is literally not radical i don't know why anyone thinks this is radical we have done this before there is nothing radical about this i just need to develop i need them to develop the technology where i can just think to text oh my god do you know how easy that would make my life Lizzie, it's so hard for me i have so many thoughts in my head and i just can't type them fast enough like i literally Actually, just can't well, so they have machinery for people who are like paraplegic, you know, um, they have things where like you can you can look at letters and type and stuff and they can actually talk very quickly, like with these machines. So I'm, I'm sure they're horribly expensive and probably only, you know, made specially for people who are actually paraplegic. But if they became commonplace. Well, that actually I've been, th- I've, <laughs> I've been thinking because I, I tried to start a blog early in their year. And like what I've discovered is that I've talked about this before, but I'm an INFJ, the Myers-Briggs type. And like everything you read about this type will be like, oh, you love writing. And I do love writing. However, I am borderline EI. So I'm almost an ENFJ. And what I've discovered is that I think I honestly like the medium of like 
audio visual better just because I can say things it's like I can speak faster than I can type. So I can say things and they come out. Whereas like, it's so furious to be like writing and be like, my fingers are too slow for the thoughts well, in my head. A lot of writers actually would like back in the day for like poetry and shit, they would like dictate and they hired people who would like write in shorthand, like, like court stenographers. They would hire people who would like shorthand write for them, whatever they would say out loud. And they would just dictate like their writing and people would write it down for them. And then they would transcribe it later. So you're not alone. Other, other writers also did that corporeal existence <laughs> so confining <laughs> mm, thanks yeah. for listening if you enjoyed this leave us a review or share it with a friend your polycule and stay in touch on social media at harmless harlot bye bye <laughs>